Hey there, I'm Ricky Jones of Leaders That Follow, and this is day one of the Lenten Challenge, 40 days in the desert. So what we're gonna be doing is for the next 40 days, we're gonna go through the book of Job. We're gonna look at the story of this man and see how it can uh, inspire us in our journey. So as we journey through the season of Lent, every day I'm gonna share a reflection on a new chapter from the book of Job. And today's day one, so we're gonna to go to chapter one. Very self-explanatory, I hope. So, today's when we meet Job. And in the introductory chapter, uh, we meet Job. And he's, it, the Bible says, Job is a man who is blameless and upright. He's basically a man who we all want to be. We all wish we could be like Job, because Job is a wealthy man. He's blessed in every way. He's got, uh, he lives off of livestock, and he's got all kinds of livestock. It goes into detail about how much he's got. And basically, he's, he's super blessed financially. He also has a, a wonderful family. He's got 10 kids, and they're, they're very much uh, very big part of his life. And so it says that every day when Job wakes up in the morning, he prays for his children, and he offers sacrifice for them. So we see also that Job is a faithful man. He trusts in God. He believes in God. He worships God. And he, he asks God to bless his family, and God has done so. So we see that Job is like this living saint who, you know, we all aspire to be. That's what being a Christian is all about. This life on earth is basically meant for us to, to grow in holiness. God wants us to be holy. He wants us to be saints. So that being said, after we meet Job, we see this interesting little conversation between God and of all people, Satan, the devil, the evil one, the enemy. So God is having this conversation with, with Satan and Satan's basically, uh, God basically is is gloating and saying how wonderful Job is, that his son is amazing and all of this. And the evil one looks at it and he says, well, I don't think Job is as wonderful as you think. I don't think he loves you as much as you think he does. He only loves you because you've blessed him in all these ways. You've given him everything he wants for nothing. So obviously he would love you. And God steps up to the challenge. He says, well, I don't think that's true. And Satan says, well, take away everything he has and then see if he still loves you. And so God says, you know what? I'm gonna give you power to take away everything that he has. You can do anything you want except you can't take his life. And Satan, of course, says yes, and he, he takes away everything that Job has. And so we see next, um, in one day, Job loses his livelihood and he loses his family. He's left with nothing, he's alone uh, with, without anything. And he is, he's no longer that blessed man that we met in just a few passages earlier. But what's very interesting, a couple things to point out here is that we might think, well, why is God such an evil monster, right? Why would he cause all the suffering for Job? Well, if we look at it carefully, God doesn't cause the suffering. God allows it. He permits it. We call that the permissive will of God. He permits uh, Job to suffer. He doesn't want to see him suffer, but he knows that even in suffering, he'll still love him. He wants to prove that. So it's easy for us to walk around and say, oh, I love God. I go to church on Sunday, so I love God. But when we're in those difficult situations, that's when God really says, well, if you love me, prove it. And it's through our actions, through the way we respond to those situations that prove if we love God. And we see by the example of Job, uh, just what that really means, what that looks like. So Job loses everything. And I think most of us in that situation, we cry out to God and we say, God, what have you done? Why, why have you taken everything from me? Why are you making me suffer, right? Why have you caused me this, this pain and this anguish? Um, because that's a serious thing. Not only did he lose his money, but he lost his family. That's even worse. Um, 
So we see that example uh, that God doesn't cause us suffering, He permits it. And I know that can be difficult to understand and to accept. Uh, and I think, uh, I was having a conversation yesterday with my wife about this exact topic, interestingly enough. So she was asking me, if God is all good, why would He cause good people or innocent people to suffer? And that's exactly what this passage is all about, right? Job is not just innocent, but he's blameless and upright. He's a holy man. He's without sin. Blameless is, means, you know, he's, he, it's not like he's being punished for having done something wrong, right? So he's blameless and upright. He's a holy man, yet he still has to undergo suffering. So I think what's important to note from this is that a couple of things. One is that being a Christian doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect and happy and comfortable. In fact, Jesus warns us multiple times that being a Christian means we will suffer. We will suffer for the mere fact of being a Christian. For following Jesus means that we are going to suffer, that life is not going to be easy. So being a Christian doesn't mean all your problems are washed away. No, it means that we trust in God to deal with those problems and he helps us through that. But it doesn't mean that the problems don't come. So that's one thing I think that's important to, to learn from this example. The other thing would be when we look at the way that Job responds to that suffering. So when Job is faced with basically losing everything, how does he respond? We're going to look at that in a minute. But I wanted to go into a little bit more detail on this idea of how does God allow suffering. So when I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, I gave her an example. I told her a story. I said, when I was a little boy, my dad taught me how to ride a bike. And as he was teaching me to ride a bike, obviously when you first learn, you got your training wheels and your helmet and your knee pads and all of that. So there's basically no risk involved. But there's only so much you can do with the training wheels. And so once you reach a certain age, you don't want those training wheels anymore. You want to get those off and you want to ride like a big boy. But there's a lot of risk with that. And so the way I think most kids learn, the way I learned was my dad would hold the bike, run alongside me, and there comes a time where he's got to let go and I either learn to ride the bike or I fall down, right? And I might scrape my knee, I might scrape my elbow, I might hit my head. There's, a, there's risk involved in it. But my dad is willing to allow me to possibly get hurt with the hopes that I'm going to learn to ride a bike. And he knows that the joy of riding the bike, the joy that he'll have in seeing me riding the bike, and the joy that I'll have in riding the bike is worth more than a little bit of pain that I might have from scraping my knee, from the suffering that I might endure while learning to ride the bike. And I think this is how God works. Because God is our Father, right? He's revealed Himself to us as our Father. He knows best, right? God knows that through our suffering, through our struggles, through the difficulties we face in life, that's when we grow the most. Of course, He doesn't want us to suffer. He doesn't make us suffer. Um, but He allows us to suffer. He permits us to suffer with the hopes that we're going to grow. We're going to learn and we're going to become more holy because His plan for each of our lives is to become saints. He wants us to be holy, to grow in holiness. And the only way we can do that uh, for most of us is through suffering. And when you look at the lives of the saints, almost all of them go through intense uh, periods of suffering, some through illness, some through uh, death. I mean, some of them are killed as martyrs, right? And so we see that suffering is not a bad thing. Even in the life of Jesus, he dies on the cross for us. We see the good that comes from that. So we know that good can come from suffering. Uh, and I think embracing suffering is what we learn from Job in this case. So when at the end of this first chapter of the book of Job, uh, after he's lost everything, we see how Job responds. He says, basically, I came into this world naked and I will leave naked. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, 
I know that's not the way most of us would respond, right? Most of us would cry out to God and say, why have you done this to me? But Job says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He trusts in God. He knows that God is his father, that God will provide, that um, God knows better than he knows that something good is going to come from this because God wouldn't allow it to happen if it were otherwise. So it's a totally different way to look at suffering, a totally different way to look at the world. And the world tells us suffering is bad. The world tells us to run from suffering. But God is different. Jesus, when he comes, he turns the world upside down. In fact, he turns the world right side up, right? He shows us the way it's supposed to be. And he says that suffering is a good thing. There's good that can come through suffering. It's not good in itself, but it leads us to goodness. So I think that's the lesson for today, uh, to embrace suffering. And we're going to get more into it because the story of Job is all about suffering. And we're going to see a lot of suffering in the life of Job. And, and we're going to see what we can learn from that. So I hope that um, this will inspire you to take Lent uh, seriously. It's not just a time to give up chocolate or soda uh, for whatever reason, to say it's a, a custom or anything like that. But we give up things during Lent to kind of separate ourselves from those things that prevent us from really living in relationship with God. So, for example, we see uh, Jesus in the desert for 40 days, which is where we get this idea of Lent, right? Jesus spent 40 days in the desert praying and fasting, communing with God, living in intimacy with God. That's where we get the idea of Lent. We didn't just make it up, okay? So for us to live out Lent, we've got to do the same thing. We've got to pray, we've got to fast, and we've got to commune with God. Well, how do we do that? I think by fasting, it's not to just give up meat on Fridays, right? That's a part of it. The church calls us to that um, because Jesus gave his flesh for us on Friday on the cross, right? So we commemorate that on Fridays. But we also are challenged. Most of us take up that, that tradition or that custom of giving something up. And giving something up is not to just say, uh, I want to make my life difficult or anything like that. We give something up in order to realize what really matters, right? So uh, whatever we do decide to give up, if it's something, sometimes it might be a vice or an addiction, something that's bad for us. So to give up those things is going to help us to come closer to God, right? So it's going to help us on our journey. But also even there's things that are good for us that we can give up. And by making those small sacrifices, we actually grow in holiness. We realize that all we need is God. And that's, that's the example that we learn, or the lesson that we learn from the example of Job, that all he needs is God. And we're going to see that as we go day by day throughout the next 40 days in the desert, right? So make sure that if you haven't already, subscribe at leadersthatfollow.com. Sign up. You'll get uh, uh, an email every morning with a written reflection on whatever the, the, the passage is for the day. We're, the challenge, obviously, to you is to read through the book of Job. So each day, read a new chapter of the book of Job, and we'll be reflecting on it both via email and via these live videos on Facebook at about 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, noon, every day. I hope you can join me here. Uh, and obviously, that's at facebook.com slash leaders that follow, or you can just uh, go up to the search and put at leaders that follow, and that's where you can find me. Make sure you like, set your follow settings to, 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 to show um, C first, not just the default, but see first so that you always get the, the latest video in your feed because um, sometimes Facebook's algorithms will hide stuff from you. And so you want to make sure you're getting these videos every day, then do that. Go to uh, when you click like uh, right next to the like button, you'll see the follow button. Click on that and select see first. That way you always get the latest video uh, as soon as it's, it's, it's live. So thank you for watching. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope it inspires you to take Lent uh, more seriously this year. And I will see you tomorrow.
have a blessed day.